Mattingly, get rid of those sideburns. What sideburns? You heard me, hippie. Baseball is back. And you know who else is back? Your boys, Brian and Mike, just talking about baseball and sideburns. What up? Guys, uh, this has been opening week, and I don't know if you have been paying attention, but some shit has gone down. Some shit has also been stopped midway through. Uh, it's going to be an interesting kind of a, a podcast because we, gotta do, we do have a lot of uh, cool stuff about uh, – about the about the uh, the season so far, about the three or four games that have been played, and that the first place Miami Marlins that will never be dethroned. They have the really? best winning percentage out of everybody in the league. But Mike, it's been a little bit. It's been two weeks. How have you been? How's everything going? I have been great. Uh, work has been appropriately busy. Um, I've been appropriately busy. Uh, during these two weeks, I recorded an EP with my band from high school. Oh, shit. Yeah, we re-recorded songs that we wrote in 2003, and they are still just as bad. Uh, just played a lot more competently, you know, uh, however many, almost 17 years later, whatever it's been. Um, so that will be hitting uh, Bandcamp soon, but I think Spotify. Is that, uh, that going to be under controlled substance or is that going to be under? No, so that's actually going to be under VSPC because um, that was the old, uh, old Valley Stream crew there. If so, you walked around Central Avenue and Valley Stream and did not see a VSPC tag, you did not live in Valley Stream. You were, you were fucking up. Um, they were everywhere. Um, so, yeah, we went through and uh, we recorded a bunch of old songs, uh, got together with a lot of guys, you know, socially distanced and appropriately masked. Um, but got together with a bunch of guys. So I haven't been able to uh, see too much over the past couple of years. You know, we kind of scattered a little bit, has our own lives. Um, so we picked up a bunch of 40s and we went to uh, my buddy works at a recording studio. Shout out to Bell Studios. Thanks for uh, letting us hang out there for the day. Uh, picked a bunch of 40s, a couple of cases of beer and just uh, went for it for about 12 hours. That's and awesome. out with four songs of uh, decreasing quality as time goes on. Uh, so... You're not, you, like, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, it's great to like kind of reconnect in that way. And, you know, just the fucking, just, just going out there fucking, I don't know. I've never played music before. I think the last time I picked up a guitar, I was like six years old. I got a little electric guitar for Christmas and that was it. Oh, I thought you might've had one of those ones with like the crank where you just, 
on it and crank it and it plays like, you know, Pop Goes the Weasel or something like that. I think I had one of those. So yeah. that was my first introduction to punk. Um, so. <laughs> oh, man. So, Mike, did you uh, – now we've been, uh, we've been waiting for baseball for yes. God knows how long, uh, almost seven months. But we've oh, – I'm sorry. Baseball start, would have started in April. So eh, just about four months. So mm-hmm. we, we, we now have kind of – we've kind of seen a lot of stories unfold uh within the like we've got to see two series be played uh right now which is which is probably going to be our thing is that because we're doing it every two weeks we're probably going to see just about maybe five to six games uh we saw that the mets still apparently just hate jacob Degrom and don't want to give him any run support it's pretty astounding actually um the guy's been you know it's actually fuck i mean you want to talk about how good uh jacob Degrom is Imagine getting like no run support for two straight years and winning two straight Cy Youngs. That's like, that says a lot about uh, the kind of player he is. I so. forgot what the the run, like somebody like broke it down. Like the runs is that if the Mets scored two to three runs and Jacob DeGrom starts, he would be in the, in the two years, he'd be like 61 and four. That's, crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Like, but like he's, he's basically like 12, and 10 or some shit. Like it's ridiculous. Somebody on uh, MLB.com was talking about how uh, Jacob deGrom Day is going to replace, you know, Harvey Day, which is obviously a thing for a while. Um, big ups to Matt Harvey for signing with the Kansas City Royals. I know he was uh, kicking around the idea of going to the Korean Baseball League, but. I mean, it, it worked for a lot of guys. Um, we can have a full episode about Matt Harvey and his foibles later on. Um, yeah, I was saying, so basically that Jacob deGrom Day is, is replacing uh, – you know, Harvey Day and how he is as exciting of a pitcher as Tom Seaver was, as uh, Dwight Gooden was. And then they showed the numbers, and I don't have them right here, but essentially he's got, like, comparable stats in terms of ERA and whip and all that kind of shit. And uh, the win-loss record is fucking outrageous. Yeah. You know, Dwight Gooden was far superior. Um, and, yeah, you, know, you think about it, Jacob deGrom might – might I don't want to go and say this, but might be a better pitcher than either of them overall. Um, you know, I, I, and again, I think even in a short season, you know, I think he stays healthy. That's that's a chance for for three straight Cy Youngs. Um, well, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they tabulate all the stats to to give out the awards this year. Like, I I think like because because even with a topic we will be talking about later, which is uh, going to be a lot of fun to talk about. But like having such a short season and having such a short sample size, in regular season, sixty games, somebody could come out the gate and be like, "Oh, this guy, he might be something." But then the next sixty games, like, "Oh, no, never mind. That's that's cool." Right? Who was that guy on the Cubs a couple years ago? Um, oh shit! I, I don't. I can't remember his name. There's a guy on the Tommy Lestella. Was Tommy Lestella? On the Cubs? Oh, Tommy Lestella. Yeah, the the infielder, right? Right, and he like made the All Star team, and I was like, "This guy's a fucking superstar. He's gonna be great. He was great for sixty games." Yeah, yeah, and then you get you get tape on the guy, and then everything you kind of, wait, I mean, yeah, or uh, Daniel Descalso maybe, might have been Descalso. Because I think Lestella is actually good. I think Lestella plays for the Angels now. Oh right, right. I'm getting. Yeah. It's little something. I'll, yeah. I'll remember. There's a foul. Guys, guys, don't don't worry about it. And hey, if you remember. You can shoot us a direct message, and we will uh, tell you to go fuck yourself. Um, so that's 
just make sure you make sure you uh, differentiate the, the, by the title, so I know which which show you're talking about. That's true. Please don't shoot random baseball player names to the Movie Mayhem podcast. Uh, they'll understand, but they won't oh, really. Yeah, so. I try to be nicer over there. <laughs> uh, not really, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it will be kind of interesting because you do see like players right now that are like just they're ripping the cover off the ball, and you don't know if it's because of this short like season that if they're going to be like everyone was losing their fucking mind over Nelson Cruz, by the way, like they're like, Oh, Nelson Cruz. I mean, he had a great game, great, great game where he put up seven RBIs against the Chicago White Sox. But then again, he was going up against Gio Gonzalez who was throwing fucking like meatballs. And it's my boy, Gio <laughs> fell off, man. I hate to say it. Yeah. And, and, and it's tough because like our play, our pitchers now, like, and also with, you know, how, uh, Pitchers are going to be used now, and I think there's there was definitely some murmurs today about possible how the MLB is going to handle double headers this season. Well, that's confirmed. That's done. That's I thought. Confirmed. Oh, okay. so it will seven be- inning double headers to make up for again. Something we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, I first place Miami Marlins annihilating Major League Baseball single handedly. So we all knew there was like so. Let's let's get into that because that's that's fair because. Um, we kind of all knew. We all had a, a feeling in the back of our heads when the season started that something from Florida would fuck this up. We didn't know if it was going to be from Tampa Bay or from Miami, but you know, all bets were probably on Miami. The Marlins, I, I think, like seventy percent of their team tested positive for fucking COVID. Yeah, like hyperbolically, that's that's what it is. Like, there was uh, I think fourteen players and three coaches. I think that's it's a 19 as of today. I think some clubhouse staff also tested positive. Because I know two, two in Philadelphia. Test. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a clubhouse attendant and a coach in Philadelphia pop positive. But, uh, you know, if a clubhouse attendant worked in just the – because I know they do break down the clubhouse team. So uh, if, if people don't know, they do have the, the, the clubhouse manager who kind of maintains everything. But they, they break up the team at like they have, they have like ten guys working. They'll have five guys at home, five guys away, and they'll all kind of take care of it. But they'll stay separately. That's how I knew. That's what I knew when I worked for the Mets. Like that's what they would do. Not a lot of because you kind of have to. You can't have one guy one day be like, oh, I worked in Atlanta's dugout. Here's their call sheet, you know. Or I mean, if that happened, that happened, and Rob Manfred was your the commissioner, nothing would happen to you. Yeah, you get away with it completely. Yeah, you'll be fine. But you you kind of have like you kind of have yeah, the dedicated crews and they may switch up a, like each homestand or whatever, but you kind of have a dedicated crew for that week and just, they maintain the, the clubhouse. So I think the, the, the guy who got popped was probably in that clubhouse, which is just insane. Like these, these, these dudes, like everyone's at risk. And th- I know there's been rumors on how the Marlins got uh, positive, but what been- rumors have, have you heard? I heard that while they were in Atlanta, they went out for a good time. Yeah, I also heard the same thing. Um, Which is I was curious to see if maybe you have some sort of deep baseball knowledge that uh, they only give you out in Nassau County and keep hidden from us here in Queens. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard the same thing. And there was also a really interesting article on ESPN uh, before the season started about how, you know, normally a season comes down to some combination of, uh, you know, it's, overall talent and who gets hot at the right time. And essentially this season is going to come to who does not get uh, COVID. Right. It's and 
in terms of being a successful team, um, you know, that's, which is astounding. Uh, if you think about it, you know, like the Marlins were not really ever going to be a contender, but, you know, let's say this happened to the Dodgers, you know, it just, you know, you're looking at a contending team that now is going to miss. And the fact that MLB was like, well, it's the, it's the, the Marlins. Maybe we'll just have them skip a few games is like fucking insane. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of just did what, See, Major League Baseball is not allowed to do what we do, where we could write off the Marlins. That's, right. That's like, because you know, you know who we are? We're nobodies, really. Like, we're just sitting here doing a podcast. You're the, the league. You're the, 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 the head of this. You can't just be like, well, it's Miami. You know, say la vie, whatever. Right. Uh, I mean, they're, they're – and, I mean, how fucking, as a team, regardless of how not a contender they are – and. You know, I'm sure they're honest with themselves. They know they're not really going to be contenders. Everybody knows they're not going to be contenders. I mean, Derek Jeter is a very successful human being. I'm sure he can look at the team that's playing right now and say, hey, you know, they're probably not going to win for a while. That being said, the absolute decimation of your confidence, your own league to be like, don't worry about it. You guys probably weren't going to get anywhere anyway. So scrapped five of your games like it, that's five year games in a, in a 60 60 game season is a huge chunk oh yeah it's like, like seven it's, it's like 17 games or so uh, over a full season yeah i mean it's it's uh, you know i was trying to look up the, the the roster of the marlins to like to see like who they have and they i know and it is kind of like an island of lost toys to an extent where and then there also are a lot of young young players, but you, you're right. Like Derek Jeter definitely would have been wouldn't have been like, you know, well, oh boys, you know, don't worry this year. We're packing it in early just to get the get like a draft pick. I think he probably goes in as a former player himself and as a guy who's been in their shoes, but not as in like, well, we suck for whatever. It's more of right. just like, you know, get your work in so that in three years we're ready to fucking do this. Right. Once we, once we get the draft pick, I mean, frankly, as much as I, I don't, as much as I understand, but don't like the tanking model, it works. Yeah. Uh, work, for like, Houston. work for Houston. I, it's going to work for Baltimore. It's just going to take a while. Works for Kansas city. You tried to kind of like, not do that and you look at the Phillies who are only really just now becoming a team a, a team frankly I mean before they were kind of a joke um the Phillies I mean Detroit I read an article the other day um you know saying that it was the one player for every team who should be locked up to a long-term contract and they were like the only people not considered are anyone who's already signed through 2024 and for Detroit the only player signed through 2024 is Miguel Cabrera. Jesus, that's a, but that's a terrible contract. That's a terrible contract, but that's the kind of things these teams were handing out. Whereas a team like Houston was like, let's blow it up. We'll be dog for three years, and then we're going to turn around and cheat our way to the World Series. Um, so, you know, there's there's something to be said for that, and I, I think the Marlins are kind of on that track and no team's going to say, Hey, we're I mean, except the Rangers, which is a wild thing that they did, but uh, Texas Rangers, sorry, the New York Rangers, I should clarify. 
um, sent a letter out to their fans saying like, Hey, we're not going to be good for like two years. Right. We're going to scoop up some draft picks and be a, be a good team in a couple years. Well, I feel like that's also because an investment in like to tell season ticket holders, like with the, we're not going to be good, especially right. the, the New York Rangers which is a very pricey ticket. Yes. Like even the shit seats um, are still 70 plus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's, and I, you know, something some teams have done, but uh, you know, most baseball teams don't, do that uh, i don't think the marlins would do that um well they had no one to send it to no one goes to those games no one goes to those games yeah. um so that being said you know i i think out of any team it's the marlins are the least consequential um the fact that mlb already has to rework their entire schedule has me very worried i think i said on the first and last podcast that we've done um you know i'm pretty confident in a baseball season this year and after the first week, I am much less confident. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it, it does kind of, especially with how the NHL bubble and the N- NBA bubble have proven that when taking the matters seriously of like outside factors like baseball, and I think football is going to do the same thing baseball is doing where they are allowing players to go home and like and be around nor- normal people, quote unquote normal people, while the NBA, which is, you know, they, like you got, you have, I think they have four or five hotels locked down. Like you can only be in here. Like you could only do this. Like there's a couple of, um, maybe they, I'm sorry, maybe there's three or four teams per hotel and they may have three hotels or something. Right. I don't know exactly what the setup is, but it's it's something along those lines. Yeah. And like, I think they broke down as, I think uh, someone broke down the schematic. It may have been the Pat McAfee show, which is on YouTube and I think iHeartRadio and everything you could check out. They broke down. They've been breaking down a lot of it. They've been interacting with a lot of like. Uh, they do hockey talk, and they do. Uh, they just had uh, Terrence Ross of the Orlando Magic on, and he was breaking down the the NBA bubble today. And he, like besides, like he's like like the first day when everyone got there and they were like shotgunning beers, they were all hanging out, they were playing golf. He's like, yeah, but then the first day I was over. Like everyone's just like, fuck this, right? And then you find out that like he's like, you could only order food starting at five o'clock in the afternoon. And you have to pay for everything, like out of your own pocket. And that's a lot to ask of players. I mean, you know, who are players who aren't making a lot, who are there, just kind of be like, I need to right. stay on this team, or I'm trying to get back in the league. Yeah, and then you know, and you you know, there are players who can afford to kind of float those guys a little bit, um, you know, in in any sport. Um, but I don't know. I forgot what I was saying already. Uh, because it would be fun because like the the idea of a baseball bubble was floated or very early on um and like in in two places in arizona and florida which i now have been um classified as oh jesus you're all fucked (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) um uh, i do like that we we you know should probably talk about the fact that cuomo was like uh governor cuomo sorry um, was like, hey, why doesn't everybody just play baseball in New York? Right. <laughs> Which I was a nice sentiment, I, I guess. Um, I think he, it was, as when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's the biggest at a way go, you could call me if you need anything kind of moment from like like a stranger. It's like, oh, if yeah. you ever need anything, just give me a call. It's just like, yeah, absolutely. I'll be there for you in two seconds. Yeah. It's like, um, it's actually like an empty gesture because it's one of these things where, it, like Florida called it called up saying like New York was a shitty run uh, state. Arizona popped off a little bit too. 
So now that he's like, yeah, you could come here. You could play up in Buffalo. You could play – like, we have minor league stadiums all over the place. Right. And we'll take all your taxes. Right. <laughs> um, but I'll say this. As a New York resident, I was kind of like, whoa, cool your fucking Jets, dude. Right. You know, we're, we're in a, you know, knock on wood here. We're in a good space, um, an okay space, uh, you know, right now. And frankly, I mean, I don't want another, you know, potentially, what, 300 people who are in fact, like could potentially be infected, like right. coming in and spreading it. You know what I mean? Like as New Yorkers, we have all worked very hard to kind of contain this thing and get it to you know, a somewhat manageable level um, after essentially being, you know, the, the worst in the country and inviting in a whole bunch of new people right now while at the same time completely handicapping all our local bars and restaurants. Right. Uh, I mean, not to get super political on this podcast, uh, but is frankly ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's, it's never going to work. Um, there's, there's no way we have stadiums, but not nearly enough. Um, and you know, these guys understandably so are saying like, I don't want to go to have a minor league clubhouse. Right. Or it's to, completely different. hard to get to major league baseball. I think there was a story actually, th- uh, earlier this spring training, um, with, uh, I think the Mets, they're like, they, I, I forgot who did it. It may have been like uh, sports illustrated or one of the New York papers where they showed the clubhouse of the Port St. Lucie, the Port St. Lucie Mets. It's where the, the Mets do their full spring training, their A teams, they all come in. So you see like these leather couches, these big chairs, like these TVs everywhere. And then one of the players is like, yeah, once they're gone, that's gone too. It's basically like five stools and a fucking 13 inch TV. Right. And think about this now, you're a major league baseball player. You worked your ass off to get there since you were essentially a little kid. Mm-hmm ridden the bus in the minors you've done all that and now you're being asked to put you and your family's life at risk and you can't get you know it's like fucking money ball when they're talking about like the eight like the the local days and they're like hey where's like the uh ice bath for my arm like oh we don't have that right like you can't you can't ask guys to be in that position to quote david justice i've never seen a major league team pay for sodas right exactly yeah it's yeah, like it's. Uh, I I think I don't like if baseball continues. Let's just say this Marlin thing is a bump in the road. Maybe they don't play down in Miami because I the the Nationals did kind of take a team vote saying we're not going down there. We're not going. Yeah. Which is you know good. Maybe someone else will host them. Maybe they'll do they'll go up a little bit um, to to Georgia maybe because I think there's a, there are minor league ballparks lining the East Coast. They, oh yeah, there's a ton. Yeah. So you just kind of have to fit the MLB production, but it's not, I don't think the Marlins have a Sunday night baseball game this year. So it's not like you're going to need, you know, massive amount of space. So you kind of, right. <laughs> so I think like you finish up, if you finish up this season, I do think the playoffs should be bubbled. I a hundred percent think they should be bubbled. Cause I you think could, that's a good idea. You, could you know add, what else we have to talk about? Oh, finish your thoughts. No, I was going to say, cause they just added like a 90 teams to the playoffs, by the way. Oh yeah, everybody makes playoffs. Um, which Rob Manfred, he's losing his fucking mind. He's losing his fucking shit. I had to, I had, I had complaints about Bud Selig. Um, he wasn't perfect, but Rob Manfred is like not not really handling this all that well. 
Uh, I don't think he was. I don't think he's ever been a fan of the game. I don't think he's ever liked baseball. That's why I've been saying this for years. I'll say it again on air on whatever you want to call this. The best possible commissioner of baseball. And he should have been named commissioner of baseball years ago. Would have kept both baseball and the United States out of so much trouble. George W. Bush. Okay. How do you make George W. Bush the commissioner of baseball in 1994? He would have avoided that whole shit. Would have avoided all of it. We would have avoided. Would have won the fucking presidency. We would have. Yeah. We would have awarded. Awarded. Jesus Christ. Avoided uh, many of the current American political issues, and baseball would have been running smoothly because you would have a guy. Who just likes fucking baseball? And I also want to say I don't, not a big believer in the current uh, George W. Bush Renaissance. Um, still oh. not him, uh, but oh, he's, yeah, he's like this goofy old man. Like everyone, yeah, like, oh, I don't, I don't buy that for a fucking second. No. Um, that being said, if he was the commissioner of baseball, frankly, who gives a shit, right? Like it's a game, you can't fuck it up that bad. But, exactly, he could be a character himself. If he's, exactly, and then he just be, he becomes a long line of like characters who who were commissioner of baseball, um, and he would have would have been harmless, and I think he would actually would have been really good for the game. At, at this point, I, I think Rob Manfred has had more challenges uh, as a commissioner, maybe than any other commissioner in baseball history, aside from well, Kennesaw Mountain Landis, whoever the commissioner was during World War Two. Who was? I don't know who the commissioner was during World War II. I'm saying, like, he also had... Right, he had definitely had some problems. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Manfred, like, inherited, like, oh, hey, uh, you know, one of the most popular teams clearly cheated. We nailed them on it. There's a giant global pandemic. People are dying all over the place. Fix baseball, put it back up there. Oh, and by the way, the CBA is up in 2022, so you got to figure that out, too. So in his defense, there's a lot of shit going on. Uh, To that end... He has handled almost all of it very poorly. Right. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, I mean, yeah, I'm not like, I'm not going to say this has been the easiest of years to, to manage, but he started off the year by calling the World Series trophy just a piece of tin. And I feel like that cursed us all. Like that, that really kind of set us in this. Yeah. Like, and, uh, and that goes back to my George W. Bush thing. We got love baseball. Yeah. Like that's a uh, yeah, and also like a lot of these fucking like trying to make the game better uh, ideas are not making the game better. Like the seventh inning, the seventh inning doubleheaders infuriate me because yeah, we're not. I don't like that. It's not slow pitch softball. We don't have to like you know be off the field before the fucking lights go out. It's you know, if you want if you don't want people in the clubhouse for that long. Have them stand out in the fucking parking lot for a little while while you clean everything. You yeah. could do, you could have a game start at one. When it ends, clean out. Give it two to three hours. Clean out. Let the guy give the guys like set up different camps. Let them get a little workout in. Get a little lunch. Whatever. It'll be nice. It's the summer. Sun's out. Guns out. You know how it is. <laughs> but like certainly do. But don't cut the game. Because you're also like, I think Adam Adovino was quoted saying, like, if you cut the game down to seven innings, you're going to basically make him jobless. 
Right. Because there's late inning guys you don't – like you just need a right, starter, closer. That's it. That's it. Yeah, if you get a starter, you can go five innings, and a closer, you can go two. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's all you need. And, you know, I think that takes away from some of the, like, you know, pastoral, like, slow-moving aspects of the game that we've talked about before are really some of the more um, beautiful and interesting things that make it such a different game um, than so many others. Uh, with that said, I do fully understand why in a shortened season when you've already had to skip a few games, um, this is an idea that they're going with. I don't love it, but I also don't love only 60 baseball games. No. I don't love, you know, 150,000 people dying. So we got to do what we can to sort of to limit this. And the idea that we have baseball currently and it's distracting us is – is, is a good thing, I think. Um, I don't love seven innings, and I'll be pissed if it carries over, you know, once this kind of abates. Um, yeah, but like, back to the regular seasons, like, if... Right, you're playing 162 games, you're not doing seven doubleheaders. Right, yeah, I, I don't know. Ernie Banks, let's fucking play two. <laughs> That's what we're going with. You know? I, a lot of, like, a lot of the rule, like, the uh, the extra runner... Oh, by the way, the Mets are losing right now, but that's, that's fair. Whatever. But, uh... My MVP candidate is also injured. <laughs> oh, Gl- oh, Glaber got hit in the elbow today, right? Orioles did that shit on purpose. Oh, they did. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Although he actually looked – I got to say, I was watching the game last night. He did not look super on point against the Orioles. Uh, against an Orioles team that, frankly, just – sorry, I'm going to divert us for a second here if that's okay. That's fine. I've watched a lot of baseball – in my life, I don't think I've ever seen two catcher's interference calls in one inning. Well, then you haven't played with me for a while because that happened to me a couple of times. That's true. As a catcher, I like to be a little further back. Well, yeah. There was a time when we played. I think this is the year before you, you actually started with us, but we were in that, that weird baseball league out where I am now. Like the, All right. Yeah. And then uh, so I was playing catcher, and I haven't played catcher in a long time. So I'd stick my hand out and I get whacked all the time in the hand. Mm-hmm. And the ump's like, you gotta, he's like, cause the ump was always leaning on me and you know, I'm a, and I'm a bigger guy. And so he was leaning Man on of me. larger carriage is the, the big old fatty, whatever you want to say. <laughs> uh, so like he would, he would kind of like lean on me for leverage and I don't balance well standing up straight anyway. So, <laughs> so I kind of like, I kind of like, go in a little bit and uh, and I'd apologize to my teammates for kind of fucking up but there was the one time when the guy goes like hey hey catch you gotta you gotta stop leaning in I'm like hey motherfucker you gotta get off my back he's like I haven't been calling shit all day I'm like no you're leaning on me get the fuck off me like let me move back see I like to be a little further back in the box for softball because those umps didn't want to be close either right and something about talking shit to somebody when you're like almost a foot behind them a little more subversive and like gets in your head a little bit more. You're like, Did that guy just call me a fucking asshole. Like he's so far away. And I'm like, yeah, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> like in this quiet voice, you know? And that was that uh, psyched out. No one uh, never. Worked. I probably just kept my mouth shut. But. I do have to say before we do do a quick little, our quick little break. Um, Mike Flanagan is the only person to instigate a fight between teammates, not on his, well, not on his team. And then tried to get in that fight them himself. Was that my crowning moment? So I, 
when I want to tell that story real quick because I feel like that yeah. might be the best thing I've ever done. You want me to? I'll I'll tell I'll tell it real quick because I was I was uh, a casual observer as somebody like what the fuck. So we were kind of turning. I was the, a little amped up during all this. We were kind of turning our corner as a as a softball team at this moment because we sucked big time and we're finally kind of we're kind of putting the pieces together and I'm playing first base which was the best move we could have done have me play first base we kind of we, we kind of switched everything around. We kind of find people where they're more comfortable. Mike turned out to be a very good catcher, and we'd like, all right, well, let's commit to him. They, they can't see this. <laughs> That's true. I, I gave the wiggle hand because I wasn't a great catcher. I was an okay catcher. Uh-huh. I mean, he's playing catcher and soul pitch softball, so you put the context together. Sort of a placeholder. Um, so, but you, you were better at catcher than you were at second base or right field. That's very true. So... <laughs> These guys get up, and it, and we're like we're getting really pesky with these guys. Like we're like they try putting up three runs, we put up four runs the next inning. We're kind of like keeping up with them, and they're they they kind of try to take a lead a little bit, but we come right back. And and our pitcher Rudy is like he's a he's a big shit talker himself. So Rudy like got this guy to strike out, and he I guess slammed the bat, and the next guy came in yes. and said something to him, and then I think you just started saying like. Are you gonna let your boy do that in front of you? Like, oh. yeah. So he he slammed the bat, and the guy was like, "Fucking calm down! It's a softball game." And I was like, "Oh damn! I can't believe you said that to your teammate. That's some fucked up shit." And the guy was like, "Yeah, what the fuck, dude? Why did you say that to me?" And then they then they started kind of going at it, and then Mike's like, "Well, I can't turn down a fight." And so I, I, I jumped up and got in between them, not as a peacemaker, but as a, uh, a I guess a further instigator. Yeah. I, I think both these guys are gonna. What are you gonna? It's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What? Do you- <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, oh, man, you know what that happened? You know what that happened? And um, then I came running in, and I grabbed you. I'm like, hey, Mike, come back here. He's like, no, this is – we're going to win the game now. <laughs> I was like, these guys have no idea what's going on. They're so mad at each – they're winning, and they're so mad at each other that there's essentially no way we can lose this game. I think we lost the game. We lost the game by three. I, I yeah, remember. by three. But, um, it was still, but it was a turn. it was a turning point for our franchise – and we started right. winning right after that. You know, like when you hear about those teams that are like, oh, we're not really like gelling as a team. And then they get in like a fight or they, you know, something like that. And they're like, oh, all of a sudden they clicked and went. That was uh, what you did. a bit of eight years or so hindsight. That's what I was going for. Yeah, but you did it for another Basically, team. I had sucked down three tall boys at Budweiser. And I was like, I'm going to fuck with everyone on this field tonight. Like, that's... All right, so we'll be back uh, in you know a couple of seconds. Obviously, we're gonna do our own thing, but in the podcast world, you, you wouldn't even notice. So, you, are you guys ready? It's uh. for the last time, get rid of those sideburns. Look, Mr. Burns, I don't know what you think sideburns are, but don't argue with me. Just get rid of them. And we're back again. Look at that. Like I said, you barely Super even noticed. Quick. It's a it's a fun it's a fun time. It's a fun time here. I hope you guys use that time wisely to uh, read up on uh, some some issues going on in the world right now. That'd be that'd be helpful. Yeah. Uh, so we we kind of we ended the last segment talking about uh, fights or, or instigating fights, and I feel like this will definitely be our main topic. You know, uh, a lot. I mean, there's a there's a lot of the stats right now are not impressive to really kind of just break down like everybody's batting average. And it, actually, if you want a more detailed and impressive breakdown of stats and and you know and things of that nature i do highly recommend uh my good friend chris burkowski i've had him on plenty of my other shows before uh he does his own podcast called charging the mound where he i think he does a weekly breakdown uh by himself so that's on itself is super impressive where 
it, like just talking to yourself in a podcast form is is hard. It's hard with two people, especially when they're not in the same room. It's got to be hella hard by yourself. But uh, you know, check him out. He's he's on all the platform. He's on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and all those other fun ones that I don't remember. But check him out. It's Charging the Mound podcast. He's also on Instagram at Charging the Mound. So uh, give him give him a look. Now, Mike, there was an incident that happened that was maybe a year in the making, and people, especially down in Houston, were hoping people would forget. Yes. Um, so, uh, Joe Kelly, who I will say, um, as a Yankee fan, I had no no great love for. Um, I, in fact, oftentimes have, uh, you know, shit on him as, as, as a pitcher. Um threw at a couple Astros uh, and made maybe the most iconic pouty face in, in baseball history to, to date. Uh, I don't know how many pouty faces have been made in baseball before, but uh, this was a particularly good one. I think the last, last pouty face was Armando Benitez when then he got sideswept by Graham Lloyd. <laughs> that Yankee. Yeah. Game. I think that's actually hundred percent appropriate. Yeah. 100%. Um, so yeah, uh, he referred to, Carlos Correa's swing is a little bitch swing, I believe, or, or something on those lines. Um, you know, and then uh, Michael Brantley allegedly spiked him when he was covering first. Um, here's where I'm going to stand on this one. Um, and we can, we can get into it further, but I'll, I'll just give my take. And then if Brian, you want to jump in and give yours. Okay. Uh, it's really interesting to me that the only player involved in all of what, uh, Monday night? Yeah. Uh, This particular game's issues uh, involved in the 2017 season was uh, Carlos Correa, right? Brantley wasn't on that team. uh, Bregman. I think so. I do appreciate Joe Kelly taking it upon himself um, to, you know, send a message on behalf of baseball that you can't cheat. You can't cheat, and you know, not to continue shitting on Rob Manfred as we do in the last segment, but um, you know, those guys got away with it. They, they really did, and um, you know, I think as as a baseball player, as a guy who as a, as a person who's worked really hard to uh, get to the top level of your, of your field, and you know, in anything you do, you're going to be mad if somebody kind of cheats their way up there. Um, you know, over you or, or over some teammates you have, regardless of whether or not you're on the team at the time, those are still, those are still your brothers, those are your friends, those are your family. Um, so yeah, I, I get his anger. Uh, I think that an eight game suspension, which, uh, you know, the big talk is eight games in this season is, is 22 in a right. season for non-contact from a guy who is notoriously wild. Um, you know, went viral over the off season for breaking a window in his own house, um, missing a a barn sized like yeah. Pitching when, you, when you're soft tossing in your own backyard as a, as a professional athlete and you break your own window, you know if I do it at eleven and you do it at eleven, you broke a window. You got to pay. You know, right? Get out of your allowance. You got to like work it off. Whatever. Um, you know, as a professional athlete, he's doing that. You got to understand there's a little bit of wildness in there. Do I think he deliberately threw at those guys? Hundred percent, yeah, percent, no, no doubt there. Have, uh, have you seen the the John Boy video of it? No. Okay, so uh, 
I'm pretty like I, I know you know John Boy. Uh, he's been very popular ever since the he he's been breaking down baseball games on YouTube for a while. Uh, but he got super popular during the uh, sign stealing scandal because he broke he he took video that MLB put out for these games and you and he's like you could hear the the banging on the trash can and that's kind of spiked his popularity. A lot of now like legit media sources, especially around New York. Oh. So I'm sorry, I did actually see that video. Right. Um, I have a fan on in the background and I'm already a little hard of hearing. And I thought you said, did you see the John Boyd video of that? And I was like, no, but I'm fascinated to know what John Boyd had to do with the- John, John Voight, Angelina Jolie's father and, and a dedicated Republican John Voight. Yeah, a considerable douchebag John Voight, except right. Seinfeld cameo, which was pretty great. Uh, anyway, continue, Brian, I'm sorry okay. to uh, oh, yeah. up there. But, and then side note, fuck John Voight, because fuck John Voight. Yeah, side, fuck so, John Voight. Uh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he, like, for the, uh, with the, with the uh, Joe Kelly thing, so he, he was able to see it, and he broke down a couple batters beforehand. Joe Kelly had nothing. He had no breaking pitch. He had no changeup. He had no fastball. The fact he got out of that inning, like, pretty much unscathed is a miracle on its own. Like, that's a baseball miracle right there. Absolutely. So he was down 3-0 to Bregman. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to throw it at him. He threw a 96-mile-an-hour fastball right behind him. And, you know, Bregman knew it. Like, you see it in Bregman's face. John Boy pointed that out. But then you start, like, now with no no crowd, you could hear what people are saying. And it's absolutely wild. And then he, he got after uh, Carlos Correa, which he threw behind him with a changeup. He, you know, he, he bounced a couple of curveballs, but he still was uh, able to strike him out with, you know, guile and just, and Joe Kelly grit. And uh, then he just started like kind of mouthing off. And I, I think a lot of the suspension came from having everybody come out of the dugouts. Absolutely. I think that's something they were looking to avoid. Yeah. Um, un- under- understandably so. And, 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 and really so, you know, you don't want that right now. That being said, you know, these guys, professional athletes, they feel cheated out of something. The Astros, I, I said during our uh, preseason break, are going to have a chip on their shoulder because, like, oh, nobody thinks we can actually do is that cheating. So they're going to overreact, you know, no matter what. Um, not ideal. <laughs> they were all so close, especially coming on the heels of the Marlins thing. Yeah, I think that's also the thing, too. That played a lot into it, too. A lot of the – because you now have the two bad looks for baseball. You have these guys who are obviously not following the, the quote-unquote distancing rules or the, the, uh, the, the 108-page uh, document they put out for player safety where you are watching. There's like six guys on the team who wear a mask at all times. Right. And 30 other fucking people not doing shit. Um, you had the fucking, I forget, was it Snedeker with the Braves have an argument with the umpire where they kept on like on and offing the mask. Right. And it's like, and now you have a chance to be like, oh, here's everybody kind of clustered up and especially a hotbed that Houston is like, we gotta, oh, we gotta, it's, I think they said he was like inciting a riot or some shit. Like it's some bullshit. And so so you, you, you put a heavy hand on Joe Kelly where other years that would have been like you're fined you got like a fifty thousand dollar fine right and nobody would have heard anything about it um look i i'd throw them too yeah no yeah i i was gonna ask you this is a kind of like a two-part question uh like like in this segment where 
first, as, as a new player, like Joe Kelly is to the Dodgers. I think he just signed this year, I think. Uh, no, or last, no, he signed last year. I'm sorry. So he's maybe not had his chance to endear himself with the teammates. Throwing at the Astros, throwing at like Bregman, throwing at maybe Altuve, having an opportunity to throw at it. Do you, if you were on the Dodgers, would that be like, and you were on the, the World Series team that got cheated? You know, no questions about it. Dodgers got cheated out of the World Series. If you were on that team and Joe Kelly did this, you buying him a beer after? 100%. Okay. No questions asked. 100%. Right. Especially, you know, uh, so if, if I, I'll, I'll give my take and then if you can want to give yours after. Um, 100% I'm buying the guy a beer. Uh, in that kind of situation, there are 60 games, 162 games. Like I was saying before, that's that's your friends, that's that's your family, that's who you're who you're with. You you know you got to ride or die for those guys, and you're going to be out there. You got to know that they're going to ride or die for you too. Mm-hmm. Um, you want I I'm I'm a believer in in the defend your team kind of thing. Um, as maybe our previous segment where I mentioned trying to start fights and I, I was trying to build up context for this whole bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I, I maybe was a little bit more aggressive on the, uh, the old softball diamond than I should have been. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I believe you got to stick up for those guys and you got to protect them. And I think that's what he was doing. And I, think that, you know, for better or worse, you don't want to hit somebody in the head and end their career or, or, or kill them. You know, I think a well-placed fastball to the ass is, is is a good marker of like, hey, you fucked up. We know you fucked up. You know you fucked up. You don't have to charge the mound. Take your lumps. Like, you know, the Astros know. I'm sure they feel justified in, in what they did and all that kind of stuff. But got to know that everybody believes you cheated. You're coming in the season. You know you're going to get plunked a bunch. Rather, in, in the face of, of all the restrictions because of, of COVID stuff, I think at that point, you just – you got to be – what – okay. Sorry. Here's what I said. Yes. Joe Kelly absolutely totally justified the Astros. Uh, he's got to stick up for his team. He's got he's to get in there with those guys. That is what it is. The Astros needed to be a bigger team. Okay. Okay, this yeah. Team. I was, I was going to to mention that during uh, my – because there are – like body language in baseball is big because especially when you get hit and you get dust, like you get dusted off or you get pushed back. And if you get knocked on your ass a little bit, like if you don't get hit, you just get kind of like the, the chin music as they like to call it. So if you get it, I'm, I'm kind of assuming that because this is still on the movie mayhem stream, a lot more movie fans are going to be listening and not baseball fans. So I'll be a little bit more over explaining than normal. Um, so when, and I, this happened to me a lot too, especially when I got older and a little bit better at playing and was in a little bit more, like I was in tra- on travel teams and shit like that. So you, when you are the guy who's going to get hit, which I was, because, you know, they knew me, you know, and I, I would talk to people before the games and then I played third base. I was a little bit, I was a little chatty. Um, you were the Sean Casey of uh, Central High School Baseball. Yeah. So they knew they kind of like, they kind of gate, like players will gauge your attitude beforehand because if shit goes down you got especially like if there's a like as like as a you know as a a strapping 17 year old man i had you know i was i was i was a little i was in shape i was i was doing well uh, complete opposite of what i am now but you know i 
like I'm, you know, me, you know, how kind of like easygoing I get. It takes a lot to get me, you know, riled up. Absolutely. Like I would, when I would talk to people and I see these, these pictures and like, and if I got hit, they, you know, kind of like do the hands up, like, you know, I didn't mean to do it, but when you get hit intentionally, you kind of know it. Right. And so, you know, there was a couple assholes on my team who, you know, if they, they, they hit a double, they pimped it. I was like, ah, like, but then I had to follow that up with like, all right, now I'm up. I get knocked in the elbow. And as I'm walking down the, the, the line, a pitcher would walk next to me and like, hey, you know the deal. I'm like, yeah, I got it. I got it. No problem. Like the only time it really made me mad is I got taken out of the game because my elbow, like it blew, like it swelled up. The, like in what I was mentioning before about body language about baseball is that if you want to prove you're tough and you get hit and get knocked down, you don't dust yourself off. You're like, I see what you did. I don't care what you did. I'm going to take my base and I'm going to fuck. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get you. I'm, I'm going to steal second and you can I'm go gonna steal second. I'm going to, I'm going to score within the next five seconds. Right. The willing is me through team. Right. You know, there's the whole tipping the cap. There's the whole anything. You're not going to tip your cap after you get like beamed in the shoulder. But what you could, what the Astros should have done is if you got, they got knocked off, they got knocked down or whatever, just, Dust it off, like okay, now we're starting new, right? All it is, and then walk away. But I do think, especially now in COVID rule, I think baseball should adopt because unwritten rules are always going to be there. The you could see when they do bench clearing brawls, no one gives a fuck about the fight. No, just let the two people who are in it, let them fight. Stay in your dugout. Let them fucking yeah. go thirty seconds. See what happens. Hmm. Yeah. And you know what? You're going to kind of, you know, sort the wheat from the chaff there. I mean, think about the Robin Ventura, Nolan Ryan fight. Yeah. Right. How fast did that fucking end? Right. Oh my. It, it ended essentially before it started. Nolan Ryan put him in a headlock and it's over. Robin Ventura didn't want to go there. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. Like, why did I do this? And, you know, I, I think that, I mean, realistically, you know, let the kids play, let, let, let the kids fight. Like, uh, oh, yeah. You know, you're you're all on adrenaline, and I, I I don't think fighting in baseball is is a is a great thing, but I think it's part of the game. There, um, they, the, I think the reason why a lot of people do bench clearing stuff is because it's like, oh, I'm showing my teammate I have his back. There's other ways of doing that. You want to show you ha- your teammate you have his back? Score five runs, fucking, you know, shut down the defense. You know, there are like you don't like this isn't uh, medieval times where you have to fucking, you know roll up and just stab people like no you have to you have to think you have to like like you're what you're doing now what baseball players are doing now with uh like people on tv like influencers in any way you are basically you have to like the idea of like a role model it's like you kind of have to take that a little bit seriously now this with this uh, situation we're all in people are going to look at you and be like well if they could fucking do it I can fucking do, I can it. do it. I don't right. need to wear a mask. I don't have to wear a mask. Like, and I hate to keep on bringing that back up, but no, but you should be uh, side note. You should be wearing a fucking mask. That's right. You got, you got to wear a fucking mask. Like, that's the thing. Like they said, if we all wear if 85% of the country wore a mask, this shit would be an out three months ago. Right. But like you have, you in, in your position and your place in society, in pop culture and society, you are a higher level than like, you know, Joe blow the plumber. Right. You have to say like, all right, well, you know, I'm a major like the Marlin like the Marlin situation. We're not going to know until until we find out how they all got it. 
we're not going to know like, but like you have to look at like players like Didi, who's you know, and I think there are other players out there who are wearing masks. Absolutely. But when when the Marlins, like when the Marlins fucked up, not only the Phillies schedule, the Yankee schedule, the Orioles, like it's half of the it's half of the East division that got right. fucked. Like everything got thrown like basically on a loop. Like Brian Cashman went on the radio and like he said like he had to call Zach Britton. He's like, look, we gotta work this out. And Zach Britton, being an okay dude, was like, look, whatever you got going, we know we're in good hands. But other teams, are like, well, we're not gonna go to. Uh, sorry, my AC just kicked on. <laughs> but uh, like, we're not gonna go down to Florida. And I think because of the, the, I think Manfred should set like once it once it broke that half the team had COVID, he should have been like, well, everyone's got to wear a mask. When you're on the field, you got to wear a mask. Right. And, you know, I I think that if over the next couple of days we find out that a bunch of Dodgers and a bunch of Astros wind up with this, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, then Joe Kelly is going to look like the asshole. Right. Which I, I don't, I don't think he is. I don't, I I think that as as the team that I, actually offended all of baseball, right? Your, your actions, what you have to do, and and this is a this is a fucking life lesson, right? Like in, in in general, when you fuck up, don't go back and be like, no, fuck you, right? Right? You know what I mean? You fucked up. Be like, look, I fucked up. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the, the bigger person about it now. I'm gonna not okay i took my punishment and i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going those guys did not get punished by major league baseball so what's gonna happen is they're gonna get punished by major league baseball players right the game will police responsibility itself. as as fucking adults got caught doing something wrong is to to an extent accept their punishment right now you go in somewhere and some guys again i i firmly believe Joe Kelly has less than no control in general. That's why he's a fucking, you know. And plus, he's a straight up lunatic. He's a lunatic. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Always has been. Absolute lunatic. He has no control. Yeah. Um, and you got to know that, right? You know, you're, you, you, there's so many fuck. I mean, Joe Girardi's binders, right, are, are across the league. You know, who you're, you know, who you're hitting against. You know, right. that he has no control. And you know, when someone throws at your head, I don't think it was a deliberate throw at his head. I think he threw behind his head. Yeah. Probably too much. I, I think he was trying to hit his back, but it just tailed on him. Like he had no control that day. Right. And you know, I I, I really think that uh, you give Kelly one, maybe two games in in the shortened season. I can see more. You give me a longer season. Right. And you say five games. All right. That that's fair. Five games in 162 games. That's that's fine. Right. Like it it like for a reliever to be suspended eight games is a lot. For a starter, they would get five games because that's their time off anyway. Exactly. They don't lose a start, anything like that. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think that – I think they're getting thrown out by a lot of teams, and I, I think they have to – I think everyone like, – on their shoulder. Yeah, I hate I hate to keep interrupting, but, like, I think there was oh. times when the, when the original schedule came out where people go, like, well, they're going to get hit here, they're going to get hit here, and right. they're going to get hit in September when they go to Yankee Stadium. Like these are like these are like the acceptable bullets you're gonna get hit with, right? And so like people and knew at the dot like the the first time around with the Dodgers like you're gonna get hit. You have to know. Yep. You have to know going in there you're gonna get hit, and you have to know that 
you're an adult human being. You did something wrong. You got caught. Even with getting caught, you essentially got away with it. Right. And get a little bit of street justice. And it's up to, you know, the pitcher is going to throw at you to be responsible and not hit you in the fucking head. In which case, then I'm going to blame the pitcher. Yeah, you don't headhunt these guys. No. Like I said, you, like there's a there's a, every baseball player for some reason is a giant ass. You just, they do squats right there. Bro. They do the squats. That's what I'm just pop them right on the thigh. You're not really going to hurt them that bad. It's going to hurt. I mean, getting hit by baseball fucking hurts. I remember there was a playoff game. I forget, I know it was the Red Sox versus oh, – oh, fuck. Whoever they played the year Shane Victorino was on the team. Uh, and he got thrown at, like, at, the, at his head. And he's like, I knew that was coming, but you're supposed to hit me here. Right. Don't hit me. And he was pointing. He's like, don't hit me in the head. Hit me in the arm. Like, we'll right. be cool. Hit me. Don't hit me in the, in the fucking head. Just hit me in the – I was about to point to my head and be like, don't hit me in the head. <laughs> but – but yeah, like, uh, thank God for an audio podcast. I can't say. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I look like shit right now, so it's even even better. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I've I've lost a little bit of weight, but I'm still not like YouTube ready. So, good for you. Thank you. I've I've lost. I've actually gained a little COVID weight, which I'm okay. a I've I've taken uh, COVID as a more aggressive chance to start eating like vegan food and a little cleaner. Nice. So it, it's paid off. Off a Shout out to the uh, Beyond uh, Fiery uh, uh, Fiery Sausage Crumbles, I believe they're called. Um, my wife and I made uh, tacos with them the other night, and they were fucking delicious. Mm. I Real get healthy. the the like the Morning Star like. Veggie. Oh, Morning Star is the best. Shout and out they, also, they also what have uh, the vegan crumbles, money. the chorizo crumbles. Yeah, those are great. I put them in. Uh, I get uh, vegan chili from Trader Joe's. So I put them, that, vegan chili, black beans, uh, soy cheese, and I do throw in a little extra vegetables just so I can look at my poop and go, oh, that was fun. Good. Yeah. A uh, big shout out, uh, maybe the biggest shout out to, to uh, sort of veer off from, from yeah. players fighting each other, but maybe the biggest shout out goes to the uh, Morningstar sausage patties. Yeah, they're great. Oh, my God. They're, they're so much better than any. Good. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. Ah. Yeah, I, my brother suggested them to me one of the last times I went food shopping, and I got it. I was like, "No, these are these are pretty fucking good." I just got to wake up early enough to go breakfast for myself. Oh, so my the complete side note. Um, Trust me, the episode that's coming out that because this is coming out Friday, but the episode right. that's coming out on Sunday for Movie Mayhem is way off track. Oh, okay, because we're kind of all over the place. I'm going to tell a story about fucking Morningstar sausage right now. Please. Um, my niece got married recently uh, in upstate New York, which in, yeah, thank you. Um, and upstate New York is uh, very similar to the, you know, flyover country, south, whatever you want to say of, of the rest of America. Um, so I'm up there and the hotel had, uh, you know, the, the normal like breakfast buffet, whatever. And I was very excited to find the Morningstar um, sausage patties. So my family, who is also vehemently uh, not vegetarian, um, almost militantly so, uh, I did not tell them what they were. I was like, oh, guys, I brought these over. Everybody loved them. Yeah, dude. Everybody loved them. They yeah. were, they're, they're a top-notch product, and uh, if they want to throw... Just a little bit. Just a, at us, just a little bit. You get the Morningstar. Yeah. Give like 50 bucks 
We'll make it work. We'll, we'll like two things. <laughs> I'll wear a Morningstar shirt on this audio podcast every time, and I'll announce it every time. I will gladly switch out my uh, Mighty Montgomery Biscuits for a Mighty Morningstar. <laughs> Hell yes. Yeah, what is it? Like, um, I, we, uh, for, the, for the show, we did uh, the documentary The Game Changers, which is about plant-based diets and proteins and everything like that. And it kind of got me thinking, like, because I, I, I started the year going, well, I'm going to try – to get rid of one vice a month. Like, let's see if I can, like, I'll, if I eat, I eat too much candy. So January, I'm going to get rid of candy. Very noble February, goal. February, I'm going to get rid of soda. Like, let me get rid of soda. So I stopped drinking soda. Uh, March was fast food. So that, that, that's a little tough because, you know, working until like midnight every night. Right. So there's only fast food. Yeah. And I get, I, when I go to, I go to Taco Bell and get like the grilled chicken tacos. So slightly, you know, less whatever but like i've been substituting a lot of food because now that i'm on my own uh, now that i'm on my own, i get to pick my own uh, my own food and i don't have to like really share it with my dad or nothing so and i have been I've been a, a bit more uh uh a bit more conscious i guess <laughs> it's good it's good for the planet good good for you yeah uh shout out to uh the vegan straight edge hardcore people out there yeah, yeah, I mean you're all wel- you're all welcome here. You're all welcome in this. We we, we support everyone. Um, as I quietly sip my Budweiser. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to baseball. Yeah. Um. Actually, we, we, you know, we're coming close to the end of the show. We like uh, you know, it's it's pretty late here in New York, and also we've been having a, a fun little heat wave where uh, it's I guess ass cracking, sweat hot out. Yeah, um, it's that it's that nice New York weather right in between. Um, I guess I would call it like early fall that sometimes hits in like May, where it's like only sixty degrees. Right, just stupid hot. Uh, right. Which July has been, uh, you know, for a guy who works in the uh, HVAC industry, uh, very busy. <laughs> so I hope you guys are all appreciating your uh, your air conditioning. Uh, there's a lot of hardworking technicians out there. So, get those get that good timing. So okay, uh, yeah. So yeah, back to to rear it back to baseball. To rear it back to back to baseball. Back to Joe Kelly. Back, and um, I think, yeah, I I do think. Oh, sorry, I kicked the table. So if anyone heard that, that's me kicking a table. Uh, but I I think after this, it will. De- I think after this week of being very tough for baseball, it's such a tough look for baseball. Yeah. I I do think that maybe also uh the players you like the the seventh inning the seventh inning doubleheaders trash the the how they handled the covid stuff trash this this Joe Kelly suspension absolute trash I honestly think baseball needs to kind of clean house I mean I know Rob Manfred's basically a stooge for the owners but Tony Clark is a shitty player union rep yep. they got they got to do something they got to fix this cuz it's you you don't make the game more interesting by making it a different game. Like that's a th- like you're, you're trying to make it a different game and it's stupid. I agree. And it, it as a, uh, you know, a lifelong baseball fan who's passionate about the, the current game and also, you know, the, uh, the history of the game. I'm, o- I'm okay with changes. There, there are things that have happened, you know, be it, more safety precautions for players, changing things to the injury list, changing the 
making sure people are covered for concussions. You don't want another Ryan Church incident. Um, sorry, Max. Uh, I think all those things are, are good. I think making fundamental changes to the game and the way it's played uh, for the sake of trying to make it more fun, uh, I think that misses the whole point of baseball. Right. Um, I don't think they're trying to make it fun. I think they're trying to make it more time uh, sensitive, trying to make it so that you could fit in like a baseball game and then do whatever. Right. And that, I mean, for lack of a better phrase in the situation, fuck that. Right. Baseball's the only sport that doesn't have a clock. You know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there. I understand speeding up the game. I understand that bringing a four-year-old kid to a fucking six-hour Yankees Red Sox game is a nightmare for parents. I, you know, I, I understand that. Um, but it, it, I, I think that it loses something. I think overly policing hitting players with with baseballs, uh, it, it loses something that is intrinsic and important to the game as it's played and as, as we watch it and as, as we understand it. And I, I don't want to come across as, uh, you know, an absolutist or anything like that. But, you know, when you start fundamentally changing the way the game is played, um, it loses something. And you know what? Truthfully, Brian, I mean, people have been saying exactly what I'm saying about, you know, the DH in 1974 or whatever year about right. – playing night games, about allowing booze on Sunday games, about professionalizing the game, about, you know, any number of things. Uh, and a lot of the changes are, are good and are positive. Uh, I think the seven-inning doubleheaders, uh, if it's something to continue – I understand that for this year, like I said earlier. Um, if it's something that continues into a, when things get back to some semblance of normal, um, it's going to bump me out big time. Uh, you know, a, a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be a leisurely game played at a fast pace, right? That's the the quote from the uh, Ken Burns documentary. I forget which uh, particular person said it, but um, Chris Rice said it. <laughs> Chris Rice said it last time. That's right, our buddy Chris Rice. Shout out Chris Rice. A, a game of a game of leisurely plays played at a blistering speed. Exactly. There you go. Um, he also watched the baseball documentary at four in the morning while I did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, how, how do you feel about – I mean, obviously – I think, like, I honestly think, like, this, yes, it's a, it's a tester season, but I feel like the answers – to the questions to the test should have been on the paper before the season, before you started taking the, the test, you know, okay. if, if that uh, metaphor even makes any sense. I think now, because you're facing a little bit of, like, oh, shit, we got to – we got to – we didn't really think of this, we didn't really think of that. Like, as, as this has proven – the more time you 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 plan, the 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 slower you are to enact something. The slower you are to like just go out, like go out and do something, is for the better. Like as right. you could, like if you want to equate reopenings to baseball, don't be don't be reactionary. Think about it. Kind of do a soft like okay, like maybe this is gonna happen. But have it done, like you you wanted to do a seven inning doubleheaders. 
do it during those fucking warm-up games that everyone's right. like, oh, Aaron Judge is the best fucking hitter in New York. It's like you had three games, three games. One of them could have been a seven-inning game and be like, does this work? No. Right. Like they, they, they had the times, but now that they're like, oh, yeah, we forgot about that. Let's, let's just go back. Like it, it had to be done. Every, like any like that's why the NBA took so long to come back because they could have been like, all right, we're playing in Orlando in June. Fuck it. Yeah. Hockey took uh, took longer than everybody, and they were like, half of our players don't live in America. So we're gonna play this very carefully. And and look how they, look how they're doing. I think hockey just started, basketball just started, they have zero percent across the board, and I know a bubble it's it's easier for those sports because they had their season, they played, and now they're basically going to the playoffs. But it, I'm not saying, and I didn't, and I don't like the idea of a bubble for baseball. But the idea of being careful is more important than watching the Mets be successful. I agree, and uh, you know, I, I feel. You know, I, I hate David Price, right? I, I never liked David Price. You and Dennis Eckersley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked David Price whenever he was pitching against the Yankees. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, it's going to be great. Um, you know, psyched on this one. He could not, no matter, regardless of what team he played for, he could not pitch right. against the Yankees. Um, never, never was a big fan of, of, of David Price. Uh, that being said, his statement, you know, earlier this week of like, we're really going to see you know, if Major League Baseball cares for the players, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting the vibe that they, they don't, that it, it really has come down to the bottom line, and that's a shame. Yeah, uh, I mean, Manfred gave it away when he said, like, there will be a 60-game season. Like, we'll do everything in our power to get a 60-game season, or whatever the shit he said. Like, where he basically tipped his hand. Right. And, you know, all that accomplishes this, this season – I had such great confidence uh, going in and, you know, you, you can listen back to last week and, and the week before where I was all like, this would be great. We full fucking piss and vinegar about, you know, this, this season. And, and now watching things actually enacted and just the way things have been handled and it, it's, it's not well done. No, it's, 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 it's a tough look right now. Cause we all, we all, you know, cause we all have been starved for something, something. And, you know, when I've been, when I've been driving, like when I go grocery to the grocery store, I see a couple of baseball fields and I see kids playing baseball. I'm like, are we there yet? Uh, I don't know about that. But I'm like, in my head, I'm just, like, there has to be. And, and that's why I'm saying when I said it before, like these guys playing baseball right now have to be a role model because if the kids see Aaron Judge wearing a, a mask, He's watching the game, and then their parents are about to go in the store. It's like, hey, where's your mask? Aaron Judge wears the mask. What makes you – you can't hit 50 home runs. Exactly. And I think that's really important. And uh, you know, keeping the kids in, engaged and making it a game that they know is, like, safe and they can, they can play and, and is very, very important. You know, they're so worried about, you know, fan engagement and – they're putting, they're airing out all their dirty laundry. So you're an 11, 12 year old kid. And all you're hearing is about how everybody in baseball is fighting each other, not on the field, but like 
behind the scenes kind of stuff. That's all you're hearing, right? Like baseball's not coming back. This is going on. This is going on. This is going on. There's no good precautions. And then you're, you're going to school or you're hearing from your parents, like, Hey, you have to wear a mask, wash your hands, do all this stuff. Like, the fact they're not really pushing those guidelines is I think going to hurt the game, you know, in the long run. Yep. Um, that being said, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to my nephew, Patrick, uh, who is uh, his baseball league on Long Island started back up. Okay. Um, with masks, with, uh, you know, social distancing in the uh, dugouts and things like that. Very uh, good. Yeah. He's, he's 13. And uh, I spoke to him. His birthday was uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, I spoke to him the other day and he's batting 438 uh, wearing a mask every day while he plays. So, Fucking good kid playing shortstop, batting four thirty eight, oh, and uh, really, really psyched on it. So that's a cool. Does he still pitch? No, he doesn't pitch anymore. He's full time shortstop now, full time in the field. That's how you get. That's how you get up there, man. Yeah, he's you're the, uh, if you're shortstop. You're the best player on the team. That's, that's exactly. He's going to uh, Kellenberg High School um, oh. uh, next year, hoping to make the the baseball team there if he can. That's big time. Well, like Nassau, at least Nassau County, I know that it's big time. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good team, and uh, he's, a, he's a smart kid, and he's him and his friends are having a lot of fun playing the game, you know, the right way, and they look up to the right guys. They're kind of trying to do the right thing, and it's you know it's rare you hear that anymore. Um, well, yeah, I, and I think you know that's a it's a great example. Like you've got a nephew who's you know excelling at this game and he can see players also excel at the game and he can maybe relate to certain players like he uh, he's too young to really relate to Derek Jeter so that's not his Wait, guy. yeah like uh but like he'll see like and I think we got to do a whole episode on I think we should have people on too maybe maybe let's see how it goes if Baseball still survives by <laughs> the time we're back. Do, do we bring a 13-year-old on the show and let him tell us about how much he loves baseball? Is uh, that is that something – is that a voice we need to hear? I mean, we could. I mean, we could ask him what – because it's that's the generation you should really be going after, should be making right. fans. Like, I'm a fan for baseball. Like, I'm going to be a fan next year no matter what happens this year. You're going to be – Exactly. Uh, um, I'm in, right? I bought in at, at 13, however old. Right. Like, I think having – like. I mean, it would be very weird for this this show to have a. It'd be, very, it'd be bizarre. It'd be weird. My yeah, brother. If you could like talk, um, maybe talk to him, I'll edit it in or something. But like. That's a good idea. Maybe yeah. maybe I'll have him come over. I'll talk to him. All yeah, right, record we'll, it and somehow. Keep it around, folks. Yeah. Um, we'll have some thirteen-year-olds so on the show. I think having like trying to appeal to a younger group is how you how you do it, and especially like basketball is doing a great job because not only are they amazing athletes, they're socially conscious. They are. You could see they're smart with their money, and also they they interact playing video games. They do a whole lot of shit. Like there's a lot of new media that. And I gotta tell you, I love the off-season Twitch games. Yeah, I thought that was a great move by Major League Baseball to be like, guys, go for it. Yeah, Um, you have to have you have to have the players be able to show their personality. And I guess that's the point I was trying to make earlier. The way to grow the game and make the game better is not to fundamentally change it to fit the times right right the the way to grow the game make the game better is to engage non-fans in in new ways right you know uh for for all the well-deserved love mike trout gets it's boring shit 
Oh, by the way, he just went on fraternity leave. I think he's just good for you. Day. What up, Mike Trout? Congratulations! Uh, you know, fingers crossed. We're all we're all born yeah. here. Um, you, you know, you you put a guy who is a little bit brash, a little bit outspoken. Uh, a guy like you know, like like Tim Anderson, who's, who's going to flip his bat, who's going right. to be socially conscious about his actions, who's going to be. Um, you know, an, an exciting player. Maybe, maybe you amplify those guys and right. get them out there. Um, the White Sox have a bunch of those guys, man. Like, absolutely, they do. The White Sox, the the Rays have a bunch of guys like that. Um, you know, the, that you you push a little bit, and yeah. and you know, from a marketing standpoint, you make those guys. You know, you make those guys the game, right? And that's that's what makes it fun. Like, like Chad Ochocinco hasn't played fucking football in however long. Right. And he makes a fucking dick joke the other day, and now he's like top of the news again because he's like, again, you don't want kids cheering all that shit, I guess. But like, he's a little bit brash, a little bit outspoken, he's a little bit exciting. He know? also challenges people on FIFA all the time. Like he'll play FIFA against anybody. Awesome. Yeah. Get you know what? Get these guys, get these baseball players on Twitch, and be like, hey, any kid who plays video games, come at me. Right. Send yeah. me, send me every kid in America who plays, you know, the show on on Twitch. Send me a request and I'll I'll fucking play against you. Right. You know, and you have let's say one guy from every team play some kid. That kid is gonna take that away. It's like catching a foul ball. Right. And those and those games can be short. The, like those right. those like the Twitch games could be short. They could be three to four innings. Like that's like time to like but you have an you have that one on one interaction or you have like a multiple interaction. You just have players being humans. Mm-hmm. You know? Um I hate to I hate to cut it short because this does seem like it is actually a good idea. We should probably make it a. We should do an episode about uh, you know focusing on on ways maybe we think that baseball can grow. I think that will probably be maybe one of our next two episodes. Uh, Well, I I don't think we're gonna have much. We didn't talk about much current baseball really uh, tonight anyway. But uh, I'll go. I'll go. Okay, before before we go, I'll go over the standings. But like I said, if you want more in depth. Uh, this is going to be more of conversational baseball. This is going to be more, you know, I, I, I using the term like at a bar baseball. Like you're not going to break down. I'm not. I'm not going to break down stats and shit like that because I don't fully understand them. So I don't want to be out here giving wrong information. I know how the game is played and kind of, but I can't break down numbers. I I said it a plenty of podcasts where if math class was actually just baseball class, I'd be a fucking scholar right now. But uh, okay, so right now uh, the <laughs> here are the standings. As we are, uh, will be July thirty first when this comes out. The Miami Marlins are in first place at two and one, followed by Atlanta, Atlanta Braves, New York Mets, Washington Nationals, and Philadelphia Phillies. In the Central, it's the Chicago Cubs who are four and two, the Milwaukee Brewers, St. Louis Cardinals, Cincinnati Reds, and Pittsburgh Pirates. It wasn't really a surprise. Yeah. The National League West, which is a little, little, little tight. Colorado this Rockies. Is, this is a surprise. Yeah, Colorado Rockies doing stuff. Uh, they're four and one. Dodgers are four and two. Padres also. That's t- they're tied for second place right now. That's that's going to be fun. Uh, San Francisco and Arizona follow it up, which yeah, we we kind of figured that. Uh, Wait, now, real quick, while we're in the uh, NL West, right? Fun is Tatis been to watch. He's great. He's so fun. Awesome. Yeah. Great, great guy to watch. Just great ball player. What a team no one watches, though. Like, at their right. put them out. Uh, also, maybe don't make the Sunday game of the week at 9 o'clock at night 
maybe make it at fucking two o'clock in the afternoon so everyone could fucking watch it. Exactly. Agreed. Because if kids are going to be forced to be going back to school, maybe have the game on so they could actually watch it. Uh, okay. And now America, the American League, now we're going over. American League East, uh, the, the Yankees are in lead three to one, but, you know, they're playing the Orioles and half their schedule just got wiped out. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are in second place, Baltimore Orioles, and then uh, Toronto Blue Jays, and then the Boston Red Sox, who I think they – wait, they lose? Do these fucking dopes lose? No, them? they beat the Mets. Oh, okay. About well, 4-2. So my dopes lost. So they're three and four. Okay. That's fair. It's fucking Mets. Uh <laughs> Okay, and then the uh, the AL Central is the Cleveland Indians, Minnesota Twins are in first and second place. Uh, Cleveland has a, a game and a half uh, has a half game lead over Minnesota. Minnesota's mashing; they're, they're coming around. Uh, the Tigers and the Royals and the White Sox are, are rounding out the division. The White Sox probably got off to a rough start playing the uh, playing the Twins. Right. Uh, then in the West, it's Houston, Oakland, Texas. Los Angeles and Seattle, which everyone pretty much expected. Absolutely. Can I just say, I know we're, we're, we're cutting short on time, For sure. but any major surprises in those standings for you? Is there anyone after short games in a short season that, that surprises you that's, that's uh, bottom feeding, that's winning, that's stuck in the middle? I would think the, the Red Sox ineptitude is surprising. I think the maybe I am I am the Rockies I think maybe because they they I don't I think they had an easier start but I like that the Padres are in it I like that they're right there with the Dodgers I think if baseball plays it right that should be a marquee matchup they should just kind of like focus that that's the game like look at the this is the old guard versus the new guard like this is kind of mm-hmm. you got to watch this Absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm actually on the same page as you, you know, going through these standings. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, you know, I never assumed the, the Red Sox were going to be uh, a team this year. I didn't think they were going to look so bad so far as I you know, stated. Uh, I, this might have been pre-show, um, but, you know, watching the Orioles uh, essentially have two um, you know, interference in, in two Sequential at bats was astounding. Um, I don't think I've ever seen it before. Uh, I'm going to read a text that you sent me completely unsolicited on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. The Orioles are looking every, every bit at worse as, worse as possible baseball team right now. Just out of nowhere. Like, I wasn't even expecting it. Like, it was, was like 730 at night or something. You sent it to it me. Was, it was the first inning of that Yankees-Orioles game, and I was like, good God, this team looks like dog shit. Like, I just – Nobody looked prepared. It, you know, it, they looked like how I felt uh, playing softball as I didn't play a little bigger uh, baseball growing up. Yeah. Uh, so I think the standings are where they are. I'm excited to, yeah. uh, you know, revisit them in two weeks and kind of see if any of our predictions uh, shake out. You know, good luck to uh, my man, Gleyber Torres, who I had as uh, AL MVP this year. He's uh, hurt a little bit right now. Um, good luck to Mike Trout on the birth of your uh, your first child there. Hope everything goes smoothly and uh, you know take a little time off and uh, enjoy the family. Good luck yeah. to your uh, fantasy team uh, this week. I know we're coming up to our last, uh, but you are you are you are winning by the way. You got That's a- great because I forgot I had one and I have <laughs> started 
anyone. <laughs> you wait, hold on. You didn't start anyone again. This is like the second season in a row. You <laughs> second season in a row that I. Drafted. Oh, you have you have a lineup. You have a lineup. I got a lineup. I drafted Francisco Lindor first by accident. Yeah. I like that you're still you're still hanging strong as the Springfield Isotopes. Spring, I've been the Springfield Isotopes for a fucking four or five years now. Um, and, uh, my team has always changed their name, so this year I couldn't think of anything. So it's the sports pun references. Oh, that's you. Okay. Yeah, that's I'll keep an eye out for you in the standings. Yeah. All right, guys. So uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, this was a little bit. Uh, we had a couple things to cover. Uh, like I said. If you want to break down, check out Charging the Mound on all the uh, the podcast providers. Uh, he's doing great shit, so check him out. Uh, if you want to interact with us on the social medias, you can hit me up on Twitter at MovingMayhemPod, on Instagram at MovingMayhemPodcast. Like- and you can uh, find me on Instagram at FlyingPack, and you can find my uh, hardcore punk band on Instagram uh, at Controlled Substance HC. You can find us on Spotify at Controlled Substance. And uh, as I mentioned at the top, uh, the VSPC demo is going to be hitting your side soon. Uh, hopefully in the next two weeks, I'll be able to give you a link to that. And uh, as a side note, please wear a mask and uh, arrest the cops that killed Breon Taylor. That's correct. All right. Have a good night, everybody. <gasps> Mattingly, I thought I told you to trim those sideburns. Go home. You're off the team for good. Fine. Still, I can better than Steinbrenner.